Amen. Good morning. Good to see you today. Good morning to those in Columbus. Good morning to those that are online. We're glad you're here today. And it's just such a sweet presence this morning. God's presence is here today. And all we need is God's presence for God to accomplish His work. And so we're excited about that today. Hey, before we get into our message this morning, I just want to celebrate uh, between Pittsburgh and Columbus. We've got over 40 kids going to camp this summer. And so we're excited about that. But more than being excited about that, we're asking you to pray for these kids that are going to camp. I forgot to have us put something on the information center. So if you'd like to know the kids that are going to camp and pray for them, email the church this week and we'll send you a list of kids and you can be in prayer for them. I believe God's going to call some kids to ministry this week. There'll be some kids that um, will set some stuff down this week. And just in general, God wants to do something great. So be in prayer for them. Take some time during your prayer time to pray for them. And today we're in a, we've been in a series called One. And really this series is kind of a reminder series for some of us. It's things we already know. And maybe for, you know, if we're new today, this is informative for us. But either way, we've been learning some things. A couple weeks ago, we talked about how there is one God and there's one way to God. Last week, we talked about that there's one purpose. We were created for one purpose, and that purpose is to glorify God. And so we talked about that. And today, we're talking about one body. All right, let's say that together. One body. We were created for one body, and here's our principle. Let's read it. We are called to unity, not uniformity, within the body of Christ. We're going to learn today that God isn't calling each of us to be exactly the same and to do things exactly the same. Some of you maybe haven't been over to our Columbus campus in Columbus, Kansas, but the people there are different than us. The, the building is different than us. I don't know if you've noticed, Pastor Sean and I don't look alike. We don't have to look alike. We don't have to always even think alike to be unified. God is not calling on all of us to be exactly the same, but he is calling us to be unified. And let's just be honest Unity is a choice. It's not always something that we feel. Sometimes in relationships and marriages, we'll say love is a choice. It's a decision because if you base love on feelings, what happens when your feelings change? And I want to contend today that unity within the church and within families is a choice. It's not necessarily it's a feeling. It's something that we choose how many of you have someone in your life, maybe it's a family member, someone you know, that's not necessarily the easiest person to get along with? Hopefully no one in my family will point to me. All right, raise your hand if you know somebody, okay? All right, rest of you are lying. There's not very many of you, okay, this morning. But the truth is, did you know someday we're going to get to heaven and there's going to be someone in heaven that doesn't see things the way that you do? And God still uses them and still has a plan for them. Listen to what Paul says to Rome when he's writing. He says, just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, meaning the hands and the feet don't do the exact same things, but they both have a purpose. So in Christ, we who are many form, let's read it, one body, and each member belongs to all the other. So the truth is this morning, the church, meaning those who are believers, who are followers of Christ, we make up one body. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, 
let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, then let him give how, church? Generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, then let him do it cheerfully. We were all created with a specific purpose in mind, with different gifts in mind, to uphold and to support the work of Christ through the church. So here's some takeaways. Here's the first one, and you can read it there on the screen, but I'm just going to say it this way. If Christ isn't the head of the body, the Bible talks about Christ being the head of the body. If Christ is not the head of the body, then what's going to take place is the church won't be unified. That's essentially what that is saying. Christ is the head and it must remain the head for the church to stay unified. When another part of the body becomes more important than the head of the body, it's hard for the church to stay unified. Listen to this. Uh, In Ephesians, Paul says, From him who is Christ, the whole body is joined and held together. In other words, without Christ, it doesn't work. Some of you maybe have someone in your family that kind of holds it together. Maybe it's your mom, maybe it's your dad, maybe it's someone else in your family. And some of you maybe even experienced a loss in your family that after this person died, the family was never the same. As a pastor, I hear those stories quite a bit. Can I tell you this morning, if Christ isn't the head of the family and isn't the head of the church, you're not going to be able to be unified because something else has become a priority. So we can't accomplish anything in ministry without the head of the body, which is Christ. There's no way that we can be and do what God wants us to do and to be and to accomplish if we've made something else. Maybe it's your child. Maybe it's your husband. Maybe it's your wife. Maybe it's something that you want to do. If we've made that more important and given it a bigger voice than Christ. So, in fact, you see churches or whatever it might be where there's all this backbiting and dissension and all kinds of unhealthy things. It's because they've made something else other than Christ, number one, whether they meant to or not. So what that's talking about is that unity requires following Christ, not our feelings. Case in point, maybe in your family situation, you're tempted to want to say something but it doesn't bring unity. It doesn't build relationship. It just makes you feel better. So the way that you're able to bring unity is by simply allowing the fruit of the Spirit called self-control to take over and you're in that moment and you just don't say it. Unity requires following Christ, not our impulses as we work together in the body of Christ. Listen to what Romans 12 says. All the saints make up one body in Christ who is the head of the body. Let's finish it together. And the common center of their unity. In the spiritual body, some are fitted and called to one sort of work, others for another sort of work. We are to do all the good we can one to another and for the common benefit. So here's another thing this morning. Your part of the body isn't better than or less than someone else's part of the body. What we tend to do when, we're, when our egos are inflated 
is we tend to think, well, you know, I can sing. So I appreciate that you're a greeter. I appreciate you work with the kids or, you know, I appreciate that you whatever, but I'm really good at what I do. Or if we don't have enough self-esteem, we think, well, my part of the body has less value than someone else's part of the body. This, we see this play out in families as well. But the truth is, if Christ is the head, if we are actively seeking him, then he brings everything into balance. Listen to this. I planted the seed, Paul says to Corinth. Apollos watered it. But God made it what, church? God made it grow. Well, I'm the one that invited them to church. Yeah, that's true. But I'm the one that asked them to come into a small group. Well, yeah, that's true. Well, you two, you invited him and you invited him to the small group, but I'm the one who said the prayer of faith with him and now they're saved. Well, that's great. You three did that, but I'm actually the one who baptized him. And depending on which one we are, we can tend to value one of those things. And what Paul is saying is it doesn't matter what you've done. God is the one who makes things grow. You think about your gifts and your abilities and your successes in life. Who gave you those abilities to do that? You? Or did God give those things to you? This is kind of a, a small point, but at the same time, it's a really large point. Because we tend to want to take credit for things or give someone else credit for things. But if Christ is the head of the body, we begin to glorify him. And we begin to realize we can't accomplish anything apart from Christ. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. You know, when you're, when you're having unity in the body and you want unity in the body of Christ, sometimes it's easy. In fact, the world that we live in today with COVID and all the politics and everything else that's going on in our culture, it is easy for people to get divided arguing over all kinds of topics, and the church is no different. We even see it inside the church. And as I mentioned earlier, sometimes you have to fight for unity and fight for relationships, which leads me to, a, to our next point. We have to make every effort, if we're going to be the body of Christ and to live in unity, make every effort to live at peace, let's read it, within the body Christ. But what happens when you make an effort, but they don't make an effort, or they make an effort, and you don't make an effort? Listen to this passage of Scripture. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody, if it is possible, if it is possible, if it is possible, as far as it depends on who, church? On who? On you. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. You can't control the other person, but you can control you. 
as far as it lives on you, live at peace with everyone. And the reality is this morning that God did not design us to function only as our part of the body, but he calls us to be connected to the rest of the body. Now, to tell you the truth this morning, there are times when you get home from work or you get home from school or I get home from work and I get home from school and we don't necessarily want to be connected to the rest of the family or to, to other people. We just kind of want to do our things, to do our thing. And the reality is sometimes we can get in that mode too long and we get stuck. And over time, whether we mean to or not, we become a silo. And God did not just design us to have a relationship with him, he designed us to also have a relationship with each other. That's why so many of us had a hard time during, the, during COVID. Listen to this. Hebrews says, Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Unity in the body includes both vertical and horizontal relationships. Here's the quote I was trying to find. Listen to this. Fellowship in the life of a believer should be both vertical and what, church? Horizontal. The importance of taking time to commune in private with our Heavenly Father is to be sufficiently emphasized. In other words, what it's saying here is there is extreme important value, no more important value than us having relationship with God. But also our horizontal fellowship, relationship with each other, with our brothers and sisters in Christ is also of vital importance and should not be ignored or dismissed. Listen to this. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. However, we are surrounded on every side by the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Christians that choose to forsake joining together with other believers, this statement has some teeth to it. Christians that choose to forsake joining together with other believers in Christian fellowship as the body of Christ, they isolate themselves. From what? From encouragement, from exhortation, from correction, and reproof of their something. <laughs> Solitary believers are in serious danger of being entrapped by the wiles of Satan or being deceived by false teachings, and they are endangering their spiritual growth and encouraging spiritual regression. What is he saying there? It's really kind of what Dwight L. Moody says in a quote, church attendance is as vital to a disciple as a transfusion of rich, healthy blood to a sick man. Now think about that. Church attendance is as vital to a disciple as transfusion of rich, healthy blood is to a sick man. What are we saying? We're better together. Is anybody else hot? My word, it's hot in here. We are better together. Sorry, that was an ADD moment. We are better together. We can only sharpen, sharpen ourselves so much. 
Did you know that? You can only sharpen yourself so much. As much as we like to think that we're objective to ourselves, we are not always objective to ourselves. Did you know that? Some of the people that came with you know what they are. (laughs) We all have blind spots. And the body of Christ is designed to hold us accountable, to encourage us, to sharpen us, to support us, to come alongside us. And I've had the privilege of being a part of this church for quite some time. And I've experienced all those things I just mentioned from some of you that are in here. Some of you that are online. And hopefully, maybe we've all done that for each other in some way or form. We live in this world where we can do everything ourselves. I don't need any help. But at some point, we did need help. In the same way that Jesus took the cross that was due us, there are people that help us carry our burdens. And you may not know this or not, but there's probably someone that's praying for you that attends here. And there are times where you are walking down some lonely road that feels alone, but what you don't realize is there are people beside you that are praying and lifting you up. That's the power of the church, amen? And by by the way, while we're talking about this, and we're talking about the body of Christ, and we're talking about unity, there is no such thing as a perfect church because there is no such thing as perfect people. Aren't you glad? And we all know people unrelated to church and unrelated to this topic that spend their time trying to find faults in something. Just don't be that person. Rather than trying to find faults in the bride of Christ, find ways that you can pray for the bride of Christ. Because the truth is, God will build his church, so we might as well lend a hand. Did you know that? If we, the Bible says, and Jesus says it, and we're going to read about it in just a minute. If we set ourselves up against the church, we just need to know we're going to fail because God is going to build his church. Amen? Now, I don't know if everybody's asleep today, but that's a good point. God is going to build his church. Amen? Amen. It's the truth. He's going to build his church. Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. God is going to build his church. So we might as well lend a hand. Andy Stanley, one time in a, he's a pastor anyway, he said in a message one time, talking about relationships with people, one of the most powerful things you can do to someone is to say, what can I do to help? 
I mean, wives, imagine if your husband said, what can I do to help? Husbands, imagine what would happen if your wife said, hey, what can I do to help? Parents asking kids, kids asking parents, what can I do to help? What if we asked that question? God, what can I do to help the church? What can I do to, to build the kingdom of God? What part do I have? We may not all be the same, but we're called to unity, not uniformity within the body of Christ. So we have a couple action steps today. Pray about what part of the body God is calling you to serve in. How does God want you to serve? What is, it he, want, is he wanting you to do? And then finally, do your part in bringing unity to the body, unity to the body through living at peace. Amen? Let's stand together this morning. Lord Jesus, we thank you today for who you are. God, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we have to come together today and to worship you. Father, I pray that you would just be a part of this service, that your spirit, Lord, would be here in a mighty way today. Father, thank you, God, that you love us, that you care about us, that you're called, we're called according to your purpose. Father, help us to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. We thank you. In Jesus' powerful name, we pray. All God's people said, amen, amen. amen. Let's worship this.